Praise the Lord, saints. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, tonight we want to sing 1179. 1179. My old man has been crucified with him, with all his foul corruption deep within, and buried to its nature serpentine, completely finished, this great fact is mine, I hold it fast, but there's a person in my spirit now, born as so small, so weak, so low, who by the words your milk will grow to be the overcoming inner man in me to gain my heart. Christ as my person must possess my heart and be preeminent in every part. The former crucified with him, with all his fall corruption deep within, and buried to its nature serpentine, completely finished. Amen. 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 Completely finished. This Amen. great fact is ours. Amen. Amen. Saints, let's hold it Amen. 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 Christ, as my person, must possess my heart and be Amen. preeminent in every part. The former Amen. owner died, but wants it still. Oh, Lord, move in my mind, emotion, will. Now, Amen. welcome. Amen. 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 Christ is my person, must possess Amen. my heart. Amen. Amen. The Lord, I give my heart to thee today. Today, that it may be thy home in every way. to come and settle down. All my grand we work to crown a new man. Amen. 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 Amen.
Amen. Oh Lord, move in my mind, emotion, will. Now welcome thee. Amen. Amen. In spirit mingled, we are one, O Lord. The human and divine in one accord. Amen. Yes, Tall. And be preeminent in every part. The former owner died, but holds his still. Oh Lord, Amen. move in my mind, emotion, and will. Now welcome thee. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Person in my spirit now. Born as a babe so small, so weak, so low. God, the word to grow, to be overcoming in a man in need, to gain my heart. Amen. 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 Yet thou must have a proper faculty that all thy glorious personality may be expressed. Amen. So, Lord, I give my heart to thee today that it may be thine home in every way. Amen. for thee to come and settle down and all thy grand recovery work to crown. In one new man. In one new man. Amen. In one new man. Amen. My old man has been crucified with him. Finished. This great fact is mine. I hold it fast. Amen. Amen. But there's a person in my spirit now. Born as a babe, so small, so weak, so low. Yes. Oh, man. Amen. Amen. Since we're going to sing this hymn again, talking about the two persons. One is old person, one is new person. And then this person um, is the one in our soul as well as the one in our spirit. When we say the old man has been crucified with Christ, that is talking about the old man. And if you read verse 4, in spirit mingled, we are one with you, Lord. That is our human divine in one accord. Yet, you must have a proper faculty. What's that faculty means? That faculty is talking about the function of our soul. Uh, after we got saved, the, the person spread into our soul. And before, that soul is just like a vehicle, okay? and not like an automobile, like a car. It was driven by the old man. The old man is the one who maneuvers our soul, okay? cause us to love, to decide, to choose whatever that fit to his old taste. That is the driver. That old man is the old driver who drive our soul. And now, after we believe into the Lord, this old driver must fire. Okay? We got the new driver. And this new driver is our new person. 
that is from our spirit. The old driver, that is from Adam. Okay? You know how old is that old driver? That is 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. Old, old driver. Then, uh, what do you inherit from Adam? And no, sometimes the saints say, after we got saved, we should not use our mind. You should not solidify our soul. We should not use our emotion. No, we still need that vehicle. We still need our mind, our soul, and our will. Everything still needed. But we don't want the old driver. The old driver must go away. Now we need the new driver. That is our new person. If you see this hymn in that way, then you're going to enjoy this hymn. In verse 1, my old man has been crucified with him. That means fire. And in verse 2, but there is a person in my spirit now. This new driver come to the new vehicle in our soul. In the beginning of our Christian life, it's just so small, so weak, so low. But this new driver, we, every day we feed him with milk. Amen. He's growing. The more we enjoy the Lord, the more he's growing. Amen. And in verse 3, Christ, as my person, must possess my heart. That is our soul. And be the boss, the preeminent in every part. The old owner died. Lord, move in my mind, emotion, and will. Verse 4, in my spirit mingle, we are one, O Lord, our human and divine one accord. Amen. And verse 5, so Lord, I give my heart to you today, that it may be thy home in every way. A place for you to come and settle down. And all thy grand recovery work to crown in one new man. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to sing this again. <laughs> Uh, let's enjoy this hymn. If maybe some of you might the tune might be a bit new to you, but you still can sing. Let's enjoy this hymn. Etienne gonna play the music for us again. My old man has been crucified with him. With all its foul corruption deep within, and buried to its nature serpentine, completely finished, this great fact is mine, I hold it past. But there's a person in my spirit now, born as a babe, so small, so weak, so low, who by Divine 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Adrian, you'd like to tell us? Amen. Tonight we're going to read through Genesis chapter 29. And we're going to read up to Genesis chapter 30, verse 24. Praise the Lord, saints. So um, before we get into this chapter, I'd just like to remind us, saints, that we want to see the Bible from the viewpoint of God's economy. We want to see that God has this desire to gain man and to dispense himself into man. And even though the Bible is full of stories, it's wonderful stories. I'm reading these stories to my sons also. They also begin to know about these stories and uh, get to learn to know about Abraham and Isaac and Noah and all these ones that have that uh, the Bible talks about creation. But saints, the Bible is not just a book full of stories. Really, what we want to see in the Bible, in God's word, is that it is a book of life. It is a book of life and full of life. So we want to, from these stories, we want to ask the Lord and really be before him that he would show us, open our eyes, that we might see what is really in his heart, and at the same time, that we would be supplied and nourished, that this word would nourish us, that we would be able to live because of this word, that this word would not just be a mere story to us. And one day, I hope my children, they will be regenerated, they will receive the Lord as their life, and then the Bible will no longer just be a book of stories, but it will be a book that nourishes. These stories will become a supply to them. So even though we read these wonderful stories, we want to be supplied by them. So now when we come to the lives of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob with Joseph, we also want to see that this is a matter of life. Actually, these four persons are the complete experience of our experience of God as life. Our experience of life is, is portrayed by these four persons that we see in the book of Genesis. And they show us a complete view of, of a believer's experience of God as life. When we looked at Abraham, we, we saw that he was called by God. That was an experience of God. He was justified by faith. He learned to live by faith. He learned to live in fellowship with God. But even though we see all of that, we don't see much of God's dealing with Abraham. With Abraham, we don't see God coming to touch his being in order to transform him. Even in Isaac, we don't see much of that. But with Jacob's life, oh, we see God's, God's 
God's hand was upon him, or let's say he was under God's thumb. God held him very close to himself because God desired to transform him. Eventually, Jacob became Israel. He became the, he had in his name, he became the prince of God. He even, wow, he, he had God in his name. He used to be a, a surplanter. He, that was his, that, that's what the word Jacob means, right? Surplanter, heel holder. But he was transformed. He became Israel, the prince of God. So God really had a way in this man, in this person, to transform him. And this transformation has a very, a very, very uh, definite purpose. God is not just wanting to deal with Jacob. Actually, what we see in Genesis 1, we see that God's purpose in his creation is that he would eventually gain a creature who would bear his image and would represent him. This, this creature is man. God eventually gained a creature, man, whom when this man would receive God into him as life, then this man would express God. He would express God. He would, he would not just be the image of God in an outward way or in the way of like a, a glove is in the image of a hand. But this man would be filled with God as life. The hand would actually come into the glove. That reality of who God is would come into this man. And that's portrayed by the tree of life. Okay, but what happened? Man partook of the other tree, right? And eventually we saw in Genesis 4 what expression that led to. The fall of man and how it continued. Eventually in Genesis chapter 6, God would even say, I want to give up man. And then Noah found favor in, uh, in, God's, in God's sight. Um, and so God, or, or Noah found grace, sorry. And, and so, so Noah, God was able to change the age at that time. He was able to terminate that, 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 that fallen race that was on the earth at that time. But eventually we see that man just fell again and eventually reaching a climax in Genesis chapter 10 and 11, where man built this Tower of Babel up, outwardly and utterly rebelling against God, declaring his independence from God and wanting to make a name for himself. And at that time, God gave up on created race and then he, he began to work with the called race. So, but, the, but again, this, this, this matter of God's calling, his, 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 us, our, our experience of God, learning to live by faith, being justified by faith, um, learning to live in fellowship with God. This is so that God could eventually have his expression on the earth. And not only his expression, but also his representation. And that is why we even have to see that Jacob had to, we have to see Jacob with Joseph. So even though with Jacob, we saw God's representation a little bit. We don't see it much. We don't see it at all with Abraham, Isaac, Abraham. Abraham had those experiences. Isaac, he, he, he was simply an enjoyer, right? He, he, he knew how to enjoy grace. And Isaac was a very simple person. Isaac, Isaac just, he just received and he enjoyed and then he would bless in a kind of a, 
a blind way, right? He 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 just lived by by his natural life. Esau, go and hunt some game for me. Prepare for me a tasty meal. Then I will bless you. So I'm going to enjoy what my what my soul desires, what my soul longs for, and then at the same time I'll I'll, I'll bless you. But God honored that prayer even from Isaac, and that blessing became a prophecy in both in both. Uh, Jacob and in Esau's lives. Anyway, with neither Abraham nor Isaac do we see this matter of really expressing God, which we eventually see with Jacob, and then the matter of representing God, we really see with Joseph. With Joseph, we see God taking all these steps with this man, right? And eventually, this man was really in a sense in a very actually in a very real sense he was the ruler of the world at that time of course pharaoh was the figurehead he was the the king of egypt or the ruler of egypt but really the one who was ruling was joseph he was he was really the one ruling the entire world at that time the all the world came to egypt to buy food and he just bought all the world right he, Bought all of Egypt for Pharaoh. So with Joseph, we really see the reigning aspect in life. So in these four persons, we see something complete of, of our experience of God as life. Hallelujah. Saints, I'm so, I'm so encouraged by this. This is not mere stories that we are getting into. This is our experience of God. And so now when we come to Jacob, we really see how he, he, has, he, has, uh, he has this family and how each one in this family, both his father, his mother, and his brother, are working together to allow God an environment where God can deal with him, where God can touch him and break through in him. Okay, so, so we have his father. We even have Jacob, right? We really see that, that he does need some transformation. He, God wants to bless him. God even, even said, I choose you. God chose him. He predestinated Jacob. Even, even while they were in their mother's womb, they had neither done right or wrong, good nor evil. Yet God chose him to be the firstborn, to receive the, uh, the birthright, to inherit the the. Uh, the firstborn's inheritance, but yet he, he worked this out by his natural life. Esau selling his birthright to him. Then later on, him, him and his mother working together. Isaac, he was just kind of living in his natural life, so he, he just blessed, he just blessed uh, Jacob. And then Esau comes back. He is so furious with his brother. He's probably thinking, listen, you can outsmart me, but you know what? I can outmuscle you. And my father's time is coming. What does he say? Um, in verse 41 of chapter 27. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father is near. Then I will slay my brother Jacob. So Esau, he's, he's, he's got some, uh, some ability. That, that Jacob doesn't have. Jacob has a lot of ability that Esau maybe doesn't have. And then he has this mother who really is 
very, very clever. And she manipulates this whole situation. She realizes Isaac's condition. Oh, there goes Esau. Now, Jacob, you listen to me. You go and you prepare that. that uh, you go uh, slay some, some, some goats, some kids. And I'll prepare a meal for him. And then you go to your father. You take the meal to him. And Jacob is like, no, 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 no. He's going to know. He's going to know it's me. I don't have hair on my skin. And she's like, trust me. You just go and get those animals. She prepares the meal. Then she puts even the, his Esau's clothing on him. Then Esau's, uh, then the, the, the coats of the, of the animals to, for hair on his hands and his arms. So with these three are kind of working together. And eventually, you know where Jacob ends up. He ends up in the transformation room. <laughs> he ends up in the in the best place for him to be transformed. Wow, we think uh, Jacob is a is a supplanter and a heel holder, but he is outsmarted by his uncle Laban. So, okay, so beginning this with chapter twenty nine, we see that Jacob goes on his journey, and and then as he's on his journey, this is quite something how god cared for jacob then it says and he looked and there in the field was a well and there three flocks of sheep were lying beside it uh and the stone of the mouth of the, okay then in verse four jacob said to them, my brothers where are you from and they said we are from haran now if you go look on uh one of the charts of um i think it's the holy land in the ancient times or something or the the um I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but if you have a recovery version Bible, there's some charts in the back, and then you can see where Haran is. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not to maybe Brother John can correct me, but it is way in the north. That must be a long journey. I don't know how long it took him to get there, but it seems he went straight there. It doesn't seem like Jacob was looking for this place too much. He gets there. He's at the well. He considers, maybe this is where I need to be. Um. Uh, okay, so he asked them, and he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we do know him. And he said to them, is it well with him? And they said, it is well. And here is his daughter, daughter Rachel coming. Wow, that really is sovereign of the Lord, right? Here's Jacob. He's just traveling. I don't know how far. He gets to a well. Oh, is this the place I run? Uh, is Laban there? Yes, he is. Oh, and here's his daughter coming, Rachel. Wow, this really is sovereign of the Lord, right? Here comes Rachel to the well, and Jacob's response is, uh, okay, he gives, he, uh, and he said, look, it is still full day, and it's not time for the last to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go feed them. And they said, okay, we, we cannot until the flocks are gathered together, and they roll the, the stone from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. Okay, so while they were still speaking, Rachel came with the sheep belonging to her father, for she was a shepherdess. Now, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob drew near and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And so Jacob told Rachel that he was his father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. And so she runs to tell her father. So I don't know exactly why Jacob kisses Rachel and then he weeps, but he's probably so happy 
after traveling this whole distance, okay, and then he gets there, and here he meets Rachel sovereignly. God arranges this. Saints, this is so wonderful. God has to deal with Jacob's natural life, right? He has to transform him. If God wants him to really express him, then God has no other option but to deal with him. But you know what? While we are under God's dealing hand, at the same time, we are in his hand and he will care for us. That is so wonderful. That in God's, in, in, in all of this dealing that Jacob is going through, God still cares for him. If you go read in verse 28, where Jacob had the dream at Bethel, right? Jehovah standing above it, verse 13. Chapter 28, verse 13. And he said, I'm Jehovah, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your seed. And your seed will be as the dust of the earth. And you will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed will all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will cause you to return to this land. And I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Saints, this is so wonderful to me. On the one hand, we all have to go through this experience. The Lord simply cannot pour out his blessing upon the natural man. The Lord pours out his blessing upon the transformed man. It is the transformed man which eventually expresses God. And it is the transformed man who reaches maturity, who represents God. So we all have to go through this process. And because we are all of Adam and have taken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life, right? We all just born in sin. We all have the sinful nature within us. This is what's in us, isn't it? I appreciate it even this week seeing in the morning revival how, how we have this. It's just in us, saints. Uh, anyway, maybe I took it if I don't read it now. But if you have an opportunity to look at it, you'll see that we even have this matter of ambition within us. It is the... It is, it is, it's like Satan's nature has been injected into us. And when we live by our natural life, all that comes out is this ambition. Isn't that what happened to Jacob? He, he, he had this ambition to, to be the firstborn, to receive the birthright. And when he acted upon his natural life, this ambition just comes out of us. We might not think it's there and we might not want it to be there. But I tell you, it is there. And so God has to touch and deal with our natural disposition. He has to touch us. He has to break through in us. But at the same time, while we are under his, under his thumb, while we are in the transformation room, he still cares for us. We are still in his hand. Right? How precious is that? That God promises this to Jacob. Okay, so now uh, let's go on to uh, do the next section, which is uh, verses 15 to verses 30 in chapter 29. And so Laban says to Jacob, because you are my relative, 
Okay, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Okay, so now, now Laban has two daughters, the name of the older is Leah, the name of the younger is Rachel. Leah's eyes were dull, or it says tender or weak. But Rachel was beautiful in form and beautiful in appearance. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Okay, so yeah, maybe Jacob realizes I need to be, maybe uh, Laban is not, is not so easily tricked. I cannot so easily just get away with things like I can with Esau, my brad. I present Esau with a bowl of lentil soup, I get his birthright. Wow, that's not too hard, right? But Rachel, he, he, he reckons, I don't know, maybe I would have told Laban I'm going to work for seven months. But, but Jacob realizes that's not going to, he's not going to fall for that. So he suggests to Laban, I'll work for Rachel for seven years. Okay. Maybe Laban at the same time, he was thinking, I think Jacob could be quite useful to me. I wonder how I can keep him. So, okay, in verse 14, Laban does, he stays with him for a month. And then they have this discussion. And, and, and Laban says to him, uh, you shouldn't serve me for nothing. What, what wages can I pay you? Anyway, Jacob is willing to work for seven years in order to get Rachel. Okay, um, Laban said, well, it's better that I give it to you than I should give it to another man. Stay with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, but they seemed to him only a few days because he loved her, because of the love he had for her. So it's almost, you can see here, Jacob is a little bit blinded maybe. He's, he is a supplanter, but love blinded him, right? He really loved Rachel. He would give up a lot to gain her. Okay, so then, uh, then Jacob said to Laban, verse 21, give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, so they, so they have this wedding feast during the day, then it becomes dark, now it's evening. What does he do? He took Leah and brought her to him, and he went into her. And Laban gave Zilpah, his female servant, to his daughter Leah to be her female servant. And in the morning, there she was, Leah. <laughs> well, there she was, Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Okay, so so Jacob is clever, but Laban, he is he is he outwits Jacob a little bit here, and he. So then Laban says, "Ah, oh, but Laban, no, no, no! It is not done in this way in our place to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and uh, and we will give you the other also." for the service which you will serve me for another seven years. Wow, now Laban is really getting good interest from uh, Jacob staying with him, right? He's, he's served him for seven years. Now he gets another seven years, right? Okay. 
And Jacob did and completed a work, and he gave him Rachel's daughter as a wife. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter, Bilhah, the female servant, to be her female servant. And he went in also to Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban for another seven years. Okay, so later on, we've seen verse 31. Now when Jehovah saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. So here we see that Leah probably was not loved by, by Jacob, right? Um, yeah, that's what verse 31 tells us, right? So, but you know what? Actually, Leah was God's choice. It was God's will that Jacob would marry Leah. And this was sovereignly arranged by the Lord. Even though maybe Jacob felt like he was cheated and outdone and Laban didn't do what he said he would do. Brothers and sisters, we have to see that this was according to God's sovereign arrangement. And God's will was really that he would marry Leah. But God would still allow Jacob to have his choice, right? He would still allow him to... To, uh, to marry Rachel also. But with that comes a lot of suffering and a lot of problems. And so God even uses that to deal with Jacob. Even, even our choice, very often we're like this, right? God has a, has a will for us. God, God has planned and prepared something for us. But yet we are not so open to what God what is in his heart for us. And so we'd like to have our choice. We'd like to rather receive what we want. And eventually God would give us even that which we think that we need. But actually, when we receive that from God, even, even he will give that to us, it comes with a lot of suffering and problems. Isn't this also our experience? When we go along with the, Lord's, with the Lord's will for us, and we see that, even, with, even uh, if you go look at where, where Rachel is buried and where Leah is buried, you'll see, I think it's in, uh, I can't remember now the chapter, maybe Genesis 49 or something. But when Jacob goes to bury Leah, he buries her in the cave that Abram, his father, bought, where Abram, where Sarah, where Isaac, and where Rebecca was buried. That's where he buried Leah. Eventually, even Jacob must have realized, this was God's choice for me. Leah was God's will for my life. Rachel was not buried there. So saints, oh Lord Jesus, praise the Lord. We have, uh, we have the Lord's thumb on us, which actually shows that we are in his hand that he cares for us. And sovereignly, the Lord takes care of us, like he takes care of Jacob. Oh, but may the Lord also shepherd us that we would be open to receive what he has prepared for us. And so God has also sovereignly prepared Laban. You can almost say that uh, just like when you go in for an operation, they have a little tray with all their equipment is ready maybe they need some 
surgical equipment or something to operate on you. <laughs> the Lord has prepared Laban. <laughs> you have a way, Jacob. And then, but then eventually, maybe through all of this, I don't know how much Jacob, the Lord really gave him, but it prepared him, okay? And eventually, Jacob did become the, the prince of God. Amen. Okay, Brother John, you can go on, brother. Yeah, this is a wonderful story. I don't think people like to tell this story in chapter 29 and 30. Did you ever attend a wedding meeting people touch on chapter 30? Mm. Mostly wedding meeting people want to mention about Genesis 24. How Rebecca met Isaac, that's wonderful. Okay? And wonderful marriage. And you hardly heard people telling you the story of, you know, Jacob, get this, and Leah and Rachel. You never heard this thing in the wedding meeting. I'm glad tonight Adrian gave us a governing vision. Otherwise, the book of Genesis just become a story, Bible story book. Uh, in order for us to understand this chapter, we need to see what is God's purpose. Otherwise, we're going to fall into right and wrong, mm -hmm. into another tree. God's purpose is to make man as a vessel and contain him and be one with him. At the end, that this man, according to the purpose of his creation, may be a man that express him and also represent him. For this reason, our experience of life has the experience of God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. Without these three process, man will never reach the purpose of God created man. Uh, it is not just only one person. We need to experience the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We went through already the first two, God of Abraham and Isaac. And on this part, what we're going to go through now is the God of Jacob. And Jacob um, has been chosen, but he tried his own energy to accomplish what he wants. In Jacob, it's a very typical sign of his natural strength. And God has to deal with his natural strength. We call that natural preference. You know, He's just full of strength. And his preference is so strong. And this caused God's, this caused God to do some transforming work on him. Look at the story of chapter 29, that such a long trouble, he passed through a big dealing. Um, from Beersheba to Padan Aram, it's almost as far as Johannesburg to Cape Town. Such a person had to, well, a bit, a bit shorter, travel long, and on the road is not that easy. So when he come to the house of Nahor, his uncle Levin's house, 
he thought, finally, I got here. I think this is the right place. Look at 29, verse 11. And verse 10, now when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the ship of Laban, his mother's brothers, Jacob drew near and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well. Wow. He's still strong. I thought he's not that strong. But when he saw Rachel, he became so strong. And watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And verse 11, Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. <laughs> this must be a person who traveled far. And now I saw my cousin and he started weeping. He said, wow. Finally, I got here. Such a long travel by foot. There is no how train, there's no plane. He just traveled by foot alone. And finally, he thought this is the right place. These are all his natural. And then, and he, he used his natural strength and also choose his own choice. He saw uh, Rachel. Verse 17, Leah's eyes were dull, but Rachel was beautiful in form and beautiful in appearance. Wow, okay, Rachel's beautiful. <laughs> and verse 18, Jacob loved Rachel without pray. <laughs> he just, yeah, my natural. He didn't pray this time. <laughs> and he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Such a big offer, seven years. Adrian would like to serve only seven months, <laughs> but uh, Jacob really called a big price. He afraid maybe he's not gonna get her. So he make a good dealing with her, uh, with, with Laban. These are all natural. <laughs> and now uh, this natural, uh, the, the Lord will always give you whatever you want, the Lord will give you. Depend what are you looking? Are we looking for God's will or are we keep looking for our own choice? Um, well, whatever has been measured to you and you still have your own choice, the Lord will give it to you. Um, our God is big. Uh, so at the end, Jacob not only get uh, Rachel, he also got Leah. And Leah is according to God's will, and Rachel is according to his choice. So at the end, Jacob buy one, get one free. And plus, their maidservant, so equivalent four in total. Brothers, one wife is enough. How can you live in a kitchen? How can you live in a house? Uh, in one kitchen, there are four women, four mother cooking the food in one kitchen. I don't know how that works. Mm. Uh, I believe okay, that kitchen might be, must be called a hot kitchen there. So at the end, because of Jacob's preference, he loved Rachel. And then the Lord gave Leah and then her maid servant and then Rachel, her female servant, at the end four. 
And that is many times in our natural preference, our natural choice, we are blind. And some you experience, but you get, wow, it's, you say, you pray to the Lord, Lord, give me Rachel. And then you thought, wow, finally I labor and I get Rachel. And after married, then you say, oh, this is not Rachel, this is Leah. <laughs> Many people, they, after they get married, they say, Lord, this is not what I pray. I pray for Rachel, but now who is this? This Leah. <laughs> and this is not, you make mistake. This is God's arrangement. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame your wife. Don't blame Leah. And don't, don't blame Rachel. That is in order to transform us. Okay. Now, let's come to this part. And chapter 29, verse 31. Now, when Jehovah saw that Leah was hated, because Leah is not that, she got a dull eyes, but Jehovah opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. She cannot get pregnant. And 32, Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. Reuben means because Jehovah has looked upon my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. This is how Leah, because uh, she is not that beautiful in appearance, and Jehovah has taken care of her, has looked upon her affliction, so Jehovah opened her womb. And 33, and she conceived again, okay, highlight Reuben, now you got the first son, Reuben, and verse 33, and she got pregnant again, conceived again, and bore a son, and said, because Jehovah has heard that I am hated. Reuben is Jehovah has looked, you underline the word, Jehovah saw upon my affliction. That's Reuben. And how about the second one? He said, because Jehovah has heard, has heard that I'm hated. So Jehovah has therefore given me this son also. So Leah called the second son called Simeon. Simeon means heard. Okay. Jehovah has heard me. And then verse 33, wow, she can born. Then she pregnant again, bore a son. And this time my husband will join to me. That means join, underline the word join. Because I have born him three sons. Now my husband will no longer hate me. He will join with me now. Okay. And Leah said, regardless how ugly I am, but my husband gonna join me. And because I got three sons now. So she called the third son Levi. Levi means join. Okay. And been joined now, what else? And 35, she's pregnant again. And Wow, just like a honeybee, mother bee. She can keep bearing child. Okay? 
and bore a son and said, this time I will praise Jehovah. Therefore, she called Judah. Judah means praise the Lord. <laughs> wow, keep continuing in one line. She got Reuben, she got Simeon, she got Levi, and then finally said, praise the Lord, that is Judah. Okay. And then she stopped bearing child. Now, look, verse 30. And now Rachel has saw her sister bore Jacob four sons, but did not get any for her. And Rachel envied her sister Leah and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Do you see that Jacob uh, seems she has her own choice, but the Lord used this one like Laban to squeeze him and four women to squeeze him. He worked for Laban for 14 years in order to get his wife, Rachel. And then not only Rachel, but plus another three. What kind of living is that? And now even Rachel, the one he loved, the one he preferred, he start to press her, press her, squeeze her. Give me child. I'm gonna die. That caused Jacob being squeezed. I heard some people did then you married. If the wife cannot get what she wants, I'm gonna die. Okay. Squeeze their husband. They don't know what to do. They just use death to threaten her husband. And Jacob anger burned against Rachel. Now he's angry now. He said, am I the place of God who has withhold from you the fruit of the womb? So Rachel, okay, okay. Now use my servant, my servant Bila. Go into her that she may bear upon my knees that I'm also may have children through her. And verse 5, Bila conceived and bore Jacob a son. And verse 6, Rachel said, God has judged me. She comforts herself. Is that really God judges me? God has judged me on my side. At least God has started sympathize on me. God take care of the judgment. She knows. Okay, and also heard my voice. Like heard the voice of Leah. And has also heard my voice. And given me a son. Therefore, Rachel called his name Dan. Dan means okay, God is judged on my side. And wow. Then Bila, Rachel's servant, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Now Rachel said, This is wrestling with God. I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. That means I win. Now I'm winning. <laughs> I'm wrestled with my sister. I win. I don't know what did she win. Her sister got four and she got only the second and she thought I'm, I won now, okay? I have prevailed. So she called that 
not the line. Not the line. That means I won. I win in wrestling. And look, uh, Jacob lived such a life is really painful. In fact, I did not see how, how good is Rachel, but she is maybe good in appearance. Later on, you'll see, even when Jacob wanted to get away from the house of Laban, Rachel was the one who stole the idol. She even on the escape, still taking that idols away. And when Laban come and say, you stole my idol, no, but actually it is not Jacob stole the idol, it's Rachel. She was the one who stole the idol. Saints, we have to pray for all the young people. Oh Lord, when they want to get a, get a wife, to get a house, to get a family, to get a counterpart, they must pray for God's purpose. They should not just look for Rachel. They must look for God's will. Today, young people, they are looking for a teddy bear, <laughs> something that is cute and lovely. Um, at the end, they find out this is not Rachel. This is Leah. You know, and then, oh, Lord, we have to pray for them that they pray according to God's will, not in their own preference. Preference bring in painfulness. It's painful. On one hand, the Lord will answer your preference, but the preference will issue with painlessness. Painfulness. Preference will end with painlessness. Painfulness. Oh Lord. Now look this time and verse 10. And what now? Verse 9. And when Leah saw, oh, you can use your maidservant to born child for you. I can also do that. Why not? <laughs> so verse 9, Leah saw that she stopped you, stopped bearing. So she took her servant, Silpah, her female servant, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Poor Jacob. <laughs> Even people use the maid servant as a tool for Jacob. I don't know how did Jacob manage that. <laughs> and then verse 10, Silpah, Leah's female servant, bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, how fortunate. <laughs> Even my maid servant can bear child. So she called that child Fortuner. <laughs> Fortune, that's God. Wow. And Zilpah, Leah, female servant, since she can board the first one, she can also born the second one. So the second one, he said, I'm so happy. And Leah said, I'm so happy. It works better. For the daughter will call me, you are so blessed. You are a happy one. So uh, the name called Asher means happy, happy blessing. All right, and then verse 14. Reuben went out in the days of wheat harvest 
and found mandrakes. Mandrakes is a kind of fruits. I don't know what's that, but anyway, it's kind of fruits um, in field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Remember, Reuben is Leah, firstborn. And Reuben took some mandrakes coming for Leah. But Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrake. I also like this mandrake. And verse 15, and Leah said to her, do you think you just asked I'm going to give it to you? It is a small matter that you have taken away my husband. You took Jacob away. Still, is that a small thing? And now you also want to take my son's mandrake also. So Rachel said, okay, okay. Then he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrake. Write in your Bible. Look, Jacob at this time has no freedom at all. Did you see this chapter? This chapter just shows you, shows us because of his choice, because of his preference, he end up in this kind of living in the midst of four women. And she, he even has no freedom to sleep where he should sleep. He's just like a, like a volleyball, like a soccer ball, being kicked by these four women because of her choice. Saints, our choice, the Lord will give us, but end up will be used by the Lord to transform us, even to cut us, just like a diamond being cut. When I read this part, I say, wow, Lord, why you don't just first fall? That's enough to cut, to cut Jacob. But the Lord used 12 children to cut Jacob. You see how difficult our natural men to get dealt with. One after another, one after another. At the end, make Jacob become mature. People told me, maybe some of you got knowledge, you want to buy diamond, these are three C's, right? The first C is clarity. The second C is cuts, how many cuts? And the third C is carrots, how many carrots of diamond? And did you see Jacob is being cut one after another, one after another. It's cutting, cut, cutting. In verse 15, I feel sorry for Jacob. I say, Jacob, the struggling is between the woman, but you are the victim. <laughs> you are the battlefield. The struggling, the striving is between Leah and Rachel, but you are, he has no room. He, it seems he has no right to do anything. His choice end up in this miserable predicament. Oh Lord. And Jacob came from the field in the evening and Leah went out to meet him and said to Jacob, you must come into me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrake. He has been hired. Poor Jacob. So he lay with her that night and the verse 17, God gave heed to Leah 
and she conceived again and bore Jacob the fifth son. She got four already, now you got fifth. And Leah said, God had given me my hire. That means my wages, <laughs> because I sold my mandrake. Yeah. And I gave my female servant to my husband, so he called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again. Now, this time it's the sixth one. Verse 20, Leah said, God has endowed me. God has provided me with a good dowry, good payment. Now my husband will dwell with me. He's going to stay with me because I have borne him six sons. So he called his name Zebulun. That is, that is a dowry. That is, um, God has provided me, honor me. Zebulun, God has honored me. And afterwards, she bore a daughter and called her name Dina. We know that later. Then, verse 22, then God remembered Rachel. This time, God remembered Rachel. And God gave heed to her and opened her womb. You know, you can write in your Bible that is after they get married, after eight years, only after eight years, now God opened the womb of Rachel and she conceived and bore a son. And God has taken away my reproach, my shame. So she called that son Joseph. That means God has added to me finally. Joseph means adding. God has added, added to me, saying, my Jehovah, add me another son. Before what I have, the son is from my maid servant. But this time, God really added to me. That's me, mine, okay? not my servants. God has added to me another one. So she got Joseph. Then six years later, okay, she got another one, which is Benjamin. Okay. And Benjamin okay, is um, during the, when she delivered Benjamin in a time of um, painful, difficult. So when Benjamin was born and she bore Benjamin with the price of her life. And she called Benjamin called Benoni. That means sons of sorrow. At that time, that's very, very difficult for her. And at the end, uh, Benjamin was born. Uh, Rachel called Benjamin Benoni means son of sorrow. I born you as I experienced sorrowful and painful, but with the price of her life, after Benjamin was delivered and Rachel passed away, she died. And this is, at that time, Jacob called Benoni as Benjamin, that means the son of the right hand. Instead of Benoni, it becomes Benjamin, but Jacob, lose the one she loved, Rachel. And this is what we saw in this chapter. Yeah. 
as Adrian mentioned, what God has arranged for Jacob is Leah. Uh, but according to Jacob's choice is Rachel. God still give you what you want, but you're going to experience with a price of painfulness. No? In order to give the Lord more way to transform it, to transform us. And this is a chapter how the Lord cut this diamond with 12 cuts. All this cut is to pass through the process. Before I thought God transformed Jacob only with the touch of his tie. That is the last touch. In fact, before that happened, he already passed through a lot of cuts. The Lord keep cutting all his natural preference. And we, we ask the Lord, Lord, whatever we ask, whatever we seek, we want to seek with God's will, um, to seek with God's choice. I'd like to bring up, how do we pray? Now we pray with three principles. We attend prayer meeting, we pray privately, we pray with our companion, we pray individually. And in this kind of prayer, we did not just ask something. There are three principles of prayer. First, when we pray, we want to express God's purpose, that God's purpose, God's will, will go through us. That's why we pray. We pray is not twisting God's arm. We praise, Lord, how about let your will pass through my prayer? You have your will in heaven, but when we pray, we, we allow the Lord pass through her will through our prayer. And our prayer is to open the way for his will to be carried out. That is the first principle of prayer. The second principle of prayer is, Lord, we want to cooperate with you. That is, we want to go with you. Or we, our prayer is to walk with you. To walk with God is different than God walk with us. When we walk with God, we walk according to his pace, according to his way. When God walk with us, sometimes does he must follow us according to our speed, our pace. But when we pray, we want to cooperate with him. We want to go with him. And we want to level, cooperate together with him. Just like two person in three legs, that kind of game. Two person has four legs, but two legs are combined together and tied together, it become three legs. That means these two must work together in the same pace. That is prayer. That is we work together with the Lord. Lord, I want you to do, I know you want to do something, but I want to do to work, to operate together with you. He is the one who operates. We are the one cooperating. He's the pilot. We are the co-pilot. That is, we want to gather with him. And the third prayer, the third principle of prayer is when we pray, 
we pray for his interest. <clears throat> we pray that his kingdom will have the interest. Not I have the interest. The result of our prayer is for his will, his kingdom, his economy, his church to have the interest, to have the benefit. All our prayer, the beneficiary is God's economy. The beneficiaries is the church. The beneficiaries is God's kingdom. These are the three principles of our prayer. And if we are praying this way spontaneously, the Lord will show us that we still in our own choice. We still in our own preference. And if you go further, we still in our own opinions. That is the problem of many Christian believers. On one hand, we brought into the church life, but we have many preferences. Just like the church in Corinth, they have preference. They like to this brother and that brother. You know, we come to the church life in the beginning. We are quite simple. Everybody's good. And then after a certain time, we start to measure. Oh, I prefer this brother. Oh, I prefer that brother. This brother is better than that brother. This sister is better than that sister. And this one is not according to my sight. And that one, it looks more beautiful in appearance. When someone, they are more exercised, and we feel good, this is a good brother, this is a good sister. When someone that is not quite exercised, we feel they're just like Leah. We are looking for a beautiful one. And all this at the end, we suffer. It caused division in the church. It caused opinion in the church. And this, just give the Lord a way to deal with us. And we learn from our experience many times our choice end up with our own painfulness. And may the Lord use this part. It's in these 12 sons of Jacob. On one hand, the Lord allow him to have four women. On the other hand, the Lord also going to use this one. In spite of all his failure, at the end, these 12 children also become the 12 tribes of Israel. So it's not a matter of right and wrong. And when, when Adrian again, we need to see God's economy. Don't think that this chapter, God is punishing Jacob. God used this one to deal with him and even all this failure at the end, these 12 tribes become the 12, these 12 sons become the 12 tribe of Israel, which represent God's kingdom in the Israel. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, I think we, we, we cover quite a good part of these 12 sons um, on four women and Laban as the crooked knife, and Jacob as a victim. And all these things work out for God's interest 
for his economy in the Old Testament. 